Yo, 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 Sean, you're tuned in to the Find Your Hustle podcast where other top hustlers teach you how they hustle their way to the top through free game. Taking these legal chances so we could do these side of baby money dancing, Sean. You know what it is, people. You can find us everywhere. Find your hustle pod on Instagram, findyourhustle.co.uk to check out the job board. Make sure you subscribe to the emailing list. What could they find on the email list if they're subscribed, Mark? Listen, on the mailing list, people, you will find 400 jobs. I cannot, I'll be honest with you, I cannot post 400 jobs on Instagram a day. I do not have the thumb, the thumb power. i don't i don't have the thumb power you know what i mean i need volunteers if you want to help me out um but it'd be quicker access to the job because my jobs are really updated frequently also i would i'm trying to start to diversify the media of where i'm posting the jobs i've been getting feedback and i appreciate you guys for giving me the feedback um that on instagram you know there's no links Right. So what I'm going to start doing now, you need to follow me on LinkedIn. You need to follow me on Facebook so that when I post a job with a link, you can click it. You go straight there. You don't have to browse through the 400 jobs because nine times out of 10, I'm posting the job that's going to catch your eye. So I'm going to catch your eye. I'm going to provide you the link so you can go straight to that job. You don't have to wait. So follow us on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is going to be very active soon. Um, LinkedIn has a story now, so you can take a quick browse as well. Um, LinkedIn and Facebook and Twitter, Twitter, Twitter uh, on Fridays, I do sort of like a little rush of all the jobs that I've posted in the week. So follow us on the Twitter as well. And I'll just be shooting these jobs off. You know what it is. Find your hustle.co.uk everywhere. Make sure you check it out. Emailing list vital. Make sure you're on there, hear about the new jobs and we're on all platforms. Make sure you leave a review on whichever platform that you're listening on, listening to us to. Apple, I mean, I know you can't do it on Spotify, but whatever else that you're listening, make sure you leave a review if you can. Oh, Spotify needs to change that. Spotify <laughs> needs to fix that up still. They need to, they need to change that. You're, you're, you're taking our food. <laughs> but Trump 2020, Biden 2020, what's the story? Bro, I don't know. All I'm saying is... Um, I see Trump's highlight reel. Trump makes the internet every day and Biden doesn't have any highlights. So okay. we're saying easy, easy 20. Man, you know what? If vote easy, bro. That's the, that's like the only the only real option now. I don't know. Speaking speaking of this, do you know um I was watching a little um like like a like a mini docu-series of um, you know, Dan Bilzerian. Yeah. He wants to run for president soon. That guy, that guy's a big old fraud, though. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Fraud. I don't. Kanye kills me, man. Kanye's tweeting out like, oh, he's he's never voted before, and he's like endorsed Trump so many times, and he's been endorsing people for years. He's never voted before. He put, he posted a picture of his vote, and like, there's a whole ballot where you choose your votes on a whole bunch of other topics as well as the presidential election. Mm-hmm. He only voted for himself and didn't vote on anything else. <laughs> I respect it. Uh, you know well, what? Hey, actually, hey, listen, nobody got you know, like you got you, man. I swear to God, man, not fully though. 
And oh, Kanye kills me, man. Kanye absolutely kills me. I, I'm really intrigued to see how many votes he actually does pull off. Like, really intrigued. I, I want, I want the footage from that little seminar he did that they deleted and cut up and blocked the audio for. That's what I want. <laughs> <laughs> you, you remember that a few months ago? He did the thing. He yeah, did, yeah. He did that yeah, live yeah. address, and there's just like no audio for 20 minute spells. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like what? What facts is he spitting, right? Uh, I listened to his. I listened to his Joe Rogan piece recently. It's like three hours long, yeah. yeah. And like jo- Joe's trying to ask him, like, but what would you do? Like, what would you actually do as a pre- as a president? Like, what policies would you introduce? And my man's just talking about the vibes that he would bring <laughs> and, and the energies he'd want to promote <laughs> and, and stuff like that. And you know what? Shout out Rogan yeah for like keeping the conversation like flowing and not saying to him, bro, Kanye, what are you talking about, bro? <laughs> <laughs> got, Shout out Rogan. You know, he had to, had to entertain the West, bro, because he, he, you know, he, he knows that's to. views for him. Bro, those those couple times even Rogan was like, you know what, I'm not sure if that's true, but <laughs> but but we'll keep it moving. We need we need the fat chip. <laughs> yeah. Uh Kanye kills me. I love the guy to bit. He kills me, man. I don't know, you know. Uh, for me, I think I think I fought in and out all over Kanye. Like, I remember the first time I hated Kanye. Yeah, this was before Yeezy, right? Yeah. Like maybe a few years before Yeezy. You remember when he tried to release that white shirt for two bills? Oh, hundred and twenty dollars or something. I swear it was two bills. Two bills. I swear. Man, <laughs> just bug it out, bro. <laughs> that was the first time I fell out fell out love with Kanye. Yo, man, bought that as well. Who? People bought oh, that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought you were about to say you, bro. About to mean, sell you from mad? the pod. <laughs> People, that thing sold out, man. Bro. Bro, it's... it's, it's uh... To all our listeners, the Find Your Hustle plain white tea drops tonight. <laughs> 9 p.m. 9 p.m. GMT. <laughs> Plain white, the, the you you just kind of imagine what you want to put on there, and we won't we won't do you dirty. Like ours is only hundred and fifty pounds <laughs> plus VAT, <laughs> so it kind of works at two hundred dollars at the end. Basically, basically, basically. But you know what I'm saying. Your boy need that though. You know what I'm saying. Yeah, I swear. All right, but what are we getting into today, Sim? Q and A time. Q&A time. So once again, thank you for all of the people that have sent questions in. Um, hopefully we get through um, quite a bit today. Um, yeah, hopefully we get through quite a bit today because um, there were some really interesting questions. I would have preferred a little voice note so that I could have played your questions live people on the pod. People- People scared of the voice note. I think people are scared of the voice note, but I think the ulterior motive in it. I think I think they're really just testing my literacy in it. I think there's a there's a hint out there that Mark can't read in it. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so they're testing me now. Maybe if I read these questions good, I'll get a voice note in. Yo, you coming like Floyd Mayweather? <laughs> hey, <laughs> if if you yeah you know, if if you got a hundred mil, you don't need to read. You have a guy. You, you have a guy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He has a guy for that. Floyd's with like six guys. 
at all times. <laughs> One's a designated reader, you know what I'm saying? That's wild. Okay, okay. So this first question here is from a recent graduate. And it says, open quotation, I am looking to know more about recruitment consulting. I might be interested in getting into it and want to weigh the pros and cons to see if it's for me. Um, if you can help me in any way, that would be appreciated. Anonymous. 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 Was, was that a stutter I heard, Mark? Hey, man, a hundred bags and we can get me a guy. <laughs> um, I mean, recruitment, because I know quite a few people that do recruitment, you know. Recruitment is a really big t- a really big field now. Loads of people are trying to get into it. It's, you know what it is? It's, it's pretty much always lucrative, but recruitment is one of those fields with a really high turnover. Yeah, you have a re- like this, your personal ceiling is really good as well. Your per, but you see, that's it. This is um, what I wanted to. The, the sheer fact this person had asked me um, about recruitment consultant and not just went for it, um, mm. it's, it's, it's giving me sort of sort of flags. Um, so, from like an, imp- an an employment point of view, right? Mm-hmm. Um. There's no way you cannot get a, a graduate recruitment job because the, the majority of graduate jobs are either TAs, if you really look, <laughs> they're, they're really TAs, mm-hmm. or graduate recruitment consultant. You can go on Indeed right now and find a million graduate recruitment consultants. Yeah. All sort of clickbaity ads from companies that I, obviously I won't name might work <laughs> in the future. But they'll say graduate recruitment consultant, 35 bags, 40 bags, right? And you see, you've seen those loads, right? But what it is, it's the starting salary is like 15, 16, 17, 18 on yeah. target earnings, maybe on capped, maybe capped at 40. Yeah. And there's always an anecdote in there. Like someone who started in three years, they're on 70 bags. Yeah. Well, that, that's the thing though. So like with, with recruitment, I mean, we do want to get around to answering the question, mm-hmm. but, but with recruitment, it's, I think, Obviously, people start with the basic, but your earning potential majority of the time just comes from the commission that you make because, yeah. all right, you, you sign this deal and you take an X percent. You, the ball, the firm takes the biggest percentage, obviously. Yeah, so but it's normally like a 20% deal and then you might hold a 2% off of that. 20%. 2%. You better be serious if you're taking 2%. Most men are taking like 05 in that. Really? Oh, okay. You know, I, I'm, I, from my experience, I know it's a 2% because how it works is um, – after six weeks, you place somebody or four weeks, however it's written in that company's specific contract, right? Um, yeah. You The company takes a percentage of the per annum pro rata. So if it's a 20K job, right, mm-hmm. and um, you've placed that person, the company will take 20% of that. Same, do the maths, do the maths. 20%, 20% of 20K, do the maths. What was that? Four bags. Four bags. Four bags. Yeah, right. <laughs> they almost caught me at it. <laughs> Hundred bags, I get a math guy. So you get four thousand pounds. The company's going to take four thousand pounds, and of that four thousand pounds, you might get four hundred off the top of that. I got you. I got you. Right. I got you. Is is it not like staggered based on how what what level you're at in the firm? 
Um, it can it can work like that as well. Um, and the payout may not be immediate, so you could do all of the work um, this month, and then those commissions will come in the next month as well. Mm-hmm. In some cases, I see, I see, mm-hmm. I see. Mm-hmm. But well, I mean, but, from what I understand, from what I understand, there's not too much by way of barriers to entry with recruitment consulting. No, no, no. There is there is barriers to staying. <laughs> <laughs> you better be good at sales. Yeah, essentially. So if you're not a seller, if you don't have um, that efficacy to, um, you, to be honest, you got to put extra hours in. You think it's just selling on the phone from nine to five. Uh, it's, it's, it's a bit of that, but then, you know, you need to be in the office half eight organize your drafts, organize your emails um, yeah. for for these employers, for these candidates, um, because employers are relying on you essentially yeah. to get staff in as quick as possible, good staff, quality staff. Um, yeah. And then staff are relying on you to get placed. And at any given time you're working with people, there's always going to be flaky dropouts on the day you, you sign the deal have you got something else in the pipeline to meet your targets? Because the firm's going to give you KPIs anyway. So yeah, yeah, do, yeah. do you get what I mean? The firm is going to give you KPIs anyway. You may need to place one or two people a month. You've got to make that happen. If you can't sell, then I wouldn't say go into recruitment consultancy. If you can't sell, yeah, 100%. <laughs> if you can't if, sell. But you, you're going to learn in the end. But if... if it's... Um, from what I can understand, it's not the kind of learning curve you'd want to go through on the job. Essentially. But just, as I say, some people have like natural knacks. Like the guy that I used to work with, what, he'd secure eight employment Timmy. contracts in a day, in an hour, in an Timmy. hour. That's Timmy, right? That's t- we can't, yeah, we can't say his name. Man like Timmy, Timmy Turner with a burner. He'd do it. Trap money, Benny, man. That's what we call it. <laughs> Listen, yeah, I mean, recruitment, recruitment is recruitment is like I think definitely you you hit you hit the nail on the jackpot there. It's like there's very little barriers to entries, barriers to staying. Yeah, and you, do you even have to have you don't have to have any kind of a degree, do you? Um, no, they just they just want any degree. They just want you to have um educated to degree level. Some of them say two one, most of them say two two. So yeah. Yeah, you can, you can go in, um, but we've, we've kind of discussed the cons, right? But the pros are usually because recruitment firms bring in so much. Um, they, they do, do a lot of work life balance. So if you want to be a graduate recruitment consultant, mm-hmm. really research that company and look at that company policy because a lot of them, especially if, if you're from Birmingham, which I assume, um, or even London, if you're in any sort of metro- metropolitan place, you know what I'm saying? It may be an office in, you know, a big block, may have a pool table, go out, have drinks on a Friday. Um, a lot of them do rewards and they'll pay for your holidays and things like that. You might even get involved into international recruitment. So the guy that I used to um, catch a train on, I used to see him literally maybe once every three months. <laughs> and he used mm-hmm. to recruit for sort of a bespoke specialist sort of engineer firm and all of his recruitment happened in America. So every so often the firm just flies him out. He does recruitment in America. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, there, there are ways and you do get to meet a lot of people, a lot of people. Another friend of mine does recruitment for doctors. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. I got you. I got you. I got you. Very, very lucrative. I guess that's that, that's going to be at the end of the day the one of the biggest positives that comes out of it, right? Yeah, yeah, most definitely lucrative. As 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 they say, they do advertise it like you can get forty bags in the first year because it is possible. Yeah, yeah. Essentially, it it, <laughs> it really is possible, but you've just got to be on the. You know what I mean? You just gotta you just gotta be on job essentially. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, what we got next? What we got next? What we got next? We've got, um, bear with me. We've got an apprenticeship question. You know, I like those. Um, our next question. Good evening. I'm from insert location here. I would prefer to find an apprenticeship for film studies. Can you help? What do you reckon about that, Sim? Yeah. Sign up to findyourhustle.co.uk. Yeah, man. Subscribe. subscribe. <laughs> I love the plugs. Yeah. So subscribe to the mailing list and leave your CV on the site. Very, very soon, we will have functions that will enable employers to just come in, look at your skills, and contact you directly or something along those lines. But bear with us. We're working on it. Yeah. I mean, if, you, if you're trying to find an apprenticeship, you have to start contacting people, man. Because you know what? I feel like sometimes even even if there is a whole bunch of these actually tailor-made apprenticeship um, opportunities in these film companies, media companies, organizations, there's going to be like loads of opportunities that aren't actually advertised in that sense as well. Mm-hmm. An apprenticeship, all right, is great, but like sometimes I feel like a lot of young people could be very rigid in their thinking when you meet like a 35 year old who has been, I don't know, working in whatever, whatever for X amount of time, they don't think, Oh, okay, let me now find a degree in this thing so I can move to this field. Mm -hmm. They start thinking, okay, what, what can I now leverage to move into this position? So like if you started contacting a bunch of media agencies and things like that, you wouldn't actually need to go down the actual apprenticeship route unless an apprenticeship is completely necessary for you. I mean, I don't, I can't see formal education in any way being necessary for an uh, a career in media or a career in um, film or things like that. You know, so what, like, though, there are whole broadcast and journalism uh, degrees, but from I'm not, I'm not, I'm not doubting that they're in existence. But like formal formal education, I would just completely say no. But even the apprenticeship route, I would say just do a Google search of apprenticeships in the film industry. Um, see what that shows up and apply for them, but also like start emailing, sending out emails to a bunch of smaller local agencies and like, see what, off, what, what they've got available to offer. It's again, it's one of those industries. It's like, it's like on the last question, when we received the question about getting into the sports industry and the football industry, yeah. it's, it's just one of those industries again, where you kind of just have to know people. And the best way to get to know people is to send out a bunch of emails. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? You have to, obviously networking is a lot harder right now because of COVID and, you know, lockdown two is literally imminent. Um, but the, 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 the biggest thing that I would suggest is put feelers out, meet people, speak to people on LinkedIn, find out where these people are, are online or in person. And, start asking questions what opportunities are available is there anything that i can do as a as in as a unexperienced person what can i learn can i shadow you even for a couple of weeks and maybe if they like you they hire you it's there's a lot of opportunities out there that's the one that i was i was going to emphasize it's it's 
the the work experience, the shadowing, the going out to the small firm because so there's a lot of uh, bureaucracy in the BBCs and the Channel Fours and the ITVs and the Skies and the Virgin Media, yeah, because there's a lot of procedures. It's, you know, a contract by contract based small firm based in the middle of town somewhere. They're more than welcome you to come and. They'll even they'll they'll even want to show you this is how you use this camera. You may not be able to touch this camera, but this is how you use the big Sony 4K. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. and like even from there, like loads and loads of these smaller companies are going to not have any experience in video and like would be completely willing to have somebody help them shoot a video. Like think of like think of uh, university newspapers and people like that who where. Imagine they saw an email from somebody who said, hey, listen, look, uh, I'm a budding videographer. Um, can I help you guys shoot a video for your next article? Rah, 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 rah. And there you go. You got some experience on the belt. Now you've done a video feature for, for this university. And there's going to be loads of these things where like, there's going to be opportunities if you're digging and you're digging and you're looking around and you're contacting people. There's going to be opportunities for you to stop Number one, showcasing what you've already learned, and two, learn more. And learning is what you want to do the most of when you're at this age. I mean, in terms of the actual apprenticeships, like the huge apprenticeships that are available, that's not really my forte. I'm gonna pass you that on to Mister AR. But um, yeah, what I would say, what I would say is that really. Now you know what you know what Sim. I agree with um, that. What you said as well. Um, the reaching out to that was a very interesting perspective. Because uh, when I was an apprentice, mm. um, there were a lot of times when I had to do like newsletter stuff, like doing my business admin. Yeah. And then um, even for my previous company's website, it was like, oh, we need a video to um, to put on the website, showcasing all the staff. And for the life of us, nobody could do it. <laughs> Everybody needs video. I mean, there's there's people who don't even know they need video. That if you tell them, video content is the most engaged with content on the face of the earth right now. So digestible. I'll, be, I'll do it for you for free. <laughs> they'll they'll love it for you, and, and you're gonna actually get experience. And the next time you're applying for a formal position, and you're saying, "Hey, by the way, I've done videos for X and Y and Z," it's just you're just gonna look so much better. There you go. There you go. And what you touched on there was building a portfolio. Yeah, that's what the little artists do. The painters, you go on their Instagram, you see works upon works upon works. Yeah. If you want to do media, we need to see these videos. <laughs> we really need to see these videos from you. If Caleb Dennis had an IG, right? <laughs> I hope to see all of his LinkedIn, uh, LinkUp TV videos on his <laughs> every music video that Callum shot with his Canon, I need to see. <laughs> exactly. Right? On on his ID, like, to show that he was a part of that. Um, but in terms of the big apprenticeships, um, BBC, they do um, apprenticeships in sort of journalism and production, and they're roughly about 18, 18 months long. Right, um, they're in most major cities, and usually you will need five GCSEs, A star to C, or was it nine to six, maybe now, and then you may need an A level or two with a good pass, so sort of like a C. 
seeing mm-hmm. above. Um, I know definitely I seen for Sky, Sky, they run their two year media program um, somewhere in West London. I think it's called Osterley. You heard of Osterley? I haven't. You haven't. Um, <laughs> but they, they run, they run their two year program there in a lot of areas, journalism being one media production, um, and things like that being the other. I'm a um, fake London man. Hmm? I'm you're, a fake London. Fake London, just the postcode. <laughs> literally, I know my area. That's about it. <laughs> yeah. So it goes out in Osterley. Um, when I did do some reading on it, I don't know if they help you with the relocation, but if it's only running Osterley, then they might have to help you relocate. And then Virgin Media, their schemes are on sort of like digital UX specialist and data, uh, more sort of IT terms of digital. But I can say um, ITV, from my knowledge, advertised f- about five apprenticeships in Birmingham this year, um, all of them for media, all of them for news. So it's mm-hmm. about where you're looking. You need to um, put some companies on your hit list. Um, if you want to do the independent route and build up your experience and then work for a, an independent company or go to ITV with X amount of skills and experience to offer, by all means do that. But if you want to go there and you want them to train you, i.e. an apprenticeship, you need to make them a target, find out what they require of you and make sure you're hitting those targets. So from the emails that we've exchanged, it seems like this young person is still in school, still in sixth form. So what I what I would advise to you is smash your exams this year. First, right? Yeah, get get your grades. Do not give them a reason to say there's a next, there's another better candidate. You need to smash all your exams this year. Pattern up your coursework. Distinctions, distinctions, distinctions. And then once you have that base, we can go out and get your experience. Exactly. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, I don't think we have time for one more, but we will squeeze that in next week. Or should we squeeze it in now? Should we squeeze one it in? One more quick one? Yeah, 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 yeah. This this is one for you to answer because we promised the people an answer uh, about getting into law without... Um, and without a formal education, without a formal degree, you, you <laughs> found it without out. You, I contacted my lawyer; she helped us out as well. So, shout out Jojo! Shout out Jojo! Well, I mean, look. So, <laughs> from from what I knew initially, the the route was there was two routes, both of them requiring heavy formal education. Number one was you do your LLB, which is your undergraduate law degree, and then you do your LPC if you want to be a solicitor, or you do whatever the barrister what is, I actually don't know. <laughs> um, but you do uh, the postgraduate course that's relative for a barrister. And if you want to do a solicitor, you do the LPC, which is a legal practice course. The other option was if you do any other degree that you wanted, so you don't have to do the LLB, you do a condensed version of the LLB after that. It's like a conversion course. It's called the GDL. Um, one-year course basically converts your L- whatever degree that you did, so philosophy or anything else that you decided to do um, into a LLB 
essentially. And you can then proceed to do your LPC if you want to be a solicitor. Um, so another option is to just do a solicitor apprenticeship. And I think it takes something like six years. Six um, years. You, you go directly into the firm and you do an apprenticeship. And once you finish, you qual- you're a qualified solicitor, which is very intriguing. You don't have to do between the, oh, no, the there will, five. There will be exams, but there is, um, it's heavily, it's heavily coursework based. And what, what people don't understand with an apprenticeship, I'll just clear this out there. You, when you go into your apprenticeship, it's not just you do this coursework and bow at the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're just magically qualified. No, there is there are things like assessors, right? And the assessor is someone qualified and competent in that field. And then there are internal verifiers, which is someone even more capable in that field. That's just that's got to check that the assessor is really um, assessing you correctly, right? And yeah, then yeah. there are external verifiers, right? Which is probably like some council of solicitors somewhere in the capital right? To assess mm-hmm. all of the work. So essentially like an examining body. I just need to clear that up because people think apprenticeships are jokes, right? <laughs> continue, continue, <laughs> continue. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I mean, the, the, the cake with apprenticeships, especially a solicitor apprenticeship really is you're, you're going to be working. You're going to be working. It's something, like 80, it's something like 80% work and 20% uh, do your coursework and all your little exams and stuff. Um, but 80% work essentially from what I understand with apprenticeships um, you're going to be directly in a firm. One of the biggest problems for people that I know who have done law is especially after you finish your LLB and you're in that gap between, Oh, when shall I start my postgrad? And you're thinking, how am I going to fund it? First of all, if I fund it, I don't want to waste money. If I don't, ex- if I don't already have a job, people take years out just because they, they, they don't know exactly which, which route they're going to go, who's going to hire them, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You land a solicitor's apprenticeship, ain't none of those worries. Yeah. And the cherry on top of that is you're getting paid. Yeah. So you're not, you're not getting piled into university debt. I think total, it comes to like 50 grand or something crazy like that, maybe 60, 70 grand. If you go through the six years of three year undergrad, one year GDL, two years of your part-time LPC whilst you're working, it's just, Five years, I think that is, but there's a it's, you, you'll you'll save so much money by going down the apprenticeship route. That's why it's such a um, such a lucrative option. And the cherry on top of the cherry on top of the cherry, I guess, is you're, you're not going to pay for your own exam fees with the wage that you've earned. <laughs> Look, the, the, the whole thing is a bunch of cherries and a bunch of cakes. It's all scrambled into what apprenticeship. If I knew about it, I'd be very intrigued. I'd be very interested. To be honest, you can... to be honest, I think it's pretty new. I, is it? I think what is? So. I think maybe the last 10, 15 years, and I feel like um, at the moment, more so the larger mid-tier firms are sort of um, adopting it now. That's, that's what I think. I think I it's new because apprenticeship standards were just revised, moved away from sort of framework qualifications which is just coursework and no exams to apprenticeship standards right Mm -hmm. and apprenticeship standards have been made more credible because of this thing they call the endpoint assessment right yeah which is a test of competency once you've finished your course and i think that made it for that made it possible for a lot of careers to now be on an apprenticeship because who wants a lawyer who hasn't taken an exam 
<laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know what? There's there's one final route as well that I want to quickly mention. It's not you won't you won't end up being a solicitor, but um there's an organization called the Chartered Institute of Legal Executives, uh Silex for short, C-I-L-E-X. Go look it up. Um and you go through their procedure. If you go on the website, you can see their procedure. And what happens is when you actually qualify and you become a legal executive, you'll be on the sort of similar level of pay as a solicitor. So um, definitely worth the punt if you're not a fan of the heavy exam route or the time taken for a six-year apprenticeship or the kind of work that's required and you just kind of want to become a chartered legal executive, check them out, silex.org.uk. And that's all we have time for today, folks. Boop, 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 bow. <laughs> boop, 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 bow. Hey, listen, <laughs> you've been following me, listening to Too Much Five Year Farm, man. Man, I've been sold. That's it. I'm sold. I'm sold. I'm sold. <laughs> People, you've been locked in with Marcus Sim. You've been locked into the Find Your Hustle podcast. Peace out. Bow. You've been locked in to find your hustle with Mark McCourty and Sim Deher. Catch you next week.